0: It was uh, 30 years ago, tomorrow, that I received my first and only Valentine's Day cake. And uh, some of you are laughing there, because you've probably never gotten a Valentine's Day cake but I got one 30 years ago. You know, when I was a kid, did you you guys do this in your school? You know, you gave those little paper valentines, you know, and you had to give one to everybody in the class. You had to give it to all the boys and all the girls, and that was the way it was done, and, you know, it was required that way. And and in a sense, that was good, because then nobody knew who you were really trying to give the valentine to, you know, that kind of thing, and then my mom used to give us uh, a card, a real Valentine's Day card, and you knew that she, you know, when she said "I love you," she really meant it, and that was great. And sometimes, do you ever get those little um, in the box, the little candy, sticky sweet candy hearts, you know, that had the some cutesy little saying stamped on it, you know? And you look back now and you say it's a wonder that my teeth lasted this long after after eating those things. And um, you know, I always enjoyed that though, but uh, I had never received a Valentine's Day cake until February 14th, 1981. And uh, my girlfriend and I had uh, been dating for just about a month, 29 days to be exact. We had started dating on January 16th of that year. And on February 14th in the evening, she came by my, my dorm room uh, with a, a, a heart-shaped cake. And it was vanilla frosting with pink icing, pink writing on it. And uh, the cake was chocolate. She knew me well enough to know that uh, I, I wasn't into vanilla cake. I liked chocolate cake. And that was how she chose to honor me uh, with that. And I think the first thing I noticed was that it was in the shape of a heart. And I'm thinking, now I'm the engineer, you got to remember. So I'm thinking, how do you make a heart-shaped cake that looks so perfect there? Because I knew she didn't have a heart-shaped mold. And I was really impressed that, you know, that she was able to do that. And I cut it open and it was the chocolate in there. And it was just great. And, and I think what was most meaningful to me is that she took the time, she made the effort first to figure out what would be what would be encouraging to me, and secondly to do that you know she didn 't have a kitchen in her dorm room, she had to go to a friend 's house and, and, and make the cake and that was so uh, meaningful to me because nobody had ever done that for me before, nobody had ever honored me in that way and uh, tomorrow night, I get to take her and our daughter, our youngest daughter, out for dinner, and uh, we're going to celebrate Valentine's Day together, and I get to, to honor them uh, in that way, and it's just special. We've been married, Ann and I have been married for 25 years, a little over 25 years, dated for five years before that, and I still look back and love uh, the way that she honored me then and has done in so many ways uh, throughout the years that we have been married, and it's, it's just a, a blessing to be part of a family where most of the time we honor one another. Once in a while, we mess up just like everybody else does. But um, so that's what we want to talk about this morning is, is the power of honor. And we all like to be honored. We all like it when people say to us, sometimes in their words, but often just in their actions, you're important to me. You mean something to me. Uh, I admire you. I respect you. That's what honor is all about. It's, it's showing the other person. It's, it's showing them how important they are uh, to you. The Apostle Paul, who wrote uh, much of the New Testament, uh, writes this. He says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. And, and, and so when you're When you're honoring somebody, you're putting them above yourself and you're saying, I admire you, I respect you, I look up to you, I care about you, I appreciate you, you're important to me. And that's what we need to say to one another uh, in our families because love and honor go together in the way that Paul's put them together here. We honor the people we love by showing them that they're important to us, that they mean something to us, that that we admire them, that we respect them. And honor is one of the most powerful forces in a family or anywhere else for that matter. And a family whose members honor one another is a healthy family. It's a strong family. It's a family that people want to belong to. It's a place that people want to go home to. I want to go home to be with my family because it's a place of refuge and a place of shelter and a place of caring and a place of love. And so this morning, what I want to do is just share with you 10 different ways, practical ways that we can honor those that we love, whether they're in our family or whether they're maybe outside of our family, people that we care about as well. But we're focusing especially in this series on the family and In case you forgot a pen, I'll put these on the blog this week so that you can uh, remember them. Number one, it's good for the nerd in in, in me at least, study diligently. Study diligently. Uh, Get to know the people that you love. What do they like? I like chocolate, not vanilla cake. So Ann made me a chocolate cake, you know? She knew that I liked it. What do they dislike They dislike sweets. Okay, so, you know, don't give them sweets if that's not what they like. What encourages them? What discourages them? What angers them? What motivates them? What gets them excited? What embalms them? You know, just get to know the people that you love. Jesus says, do to others as you would have them do to you. Do to others as you would have them do to you. And I don't think that he's saying, Well, because I like chocolate cake, I ought to give everybody chocolate cake. No, I I want you to give me something that's meaningful to me. I want you to do for me what's meaningful for me, so I need to do for you, I need to do for Ann, I need to do for my daughters, I need to do for other family members, I need to do for them what's meaningful to them and I'm not gonna know what's meaningful to them if I don't take the time to study them, to get to know them to find out who they are and and what's important to them. I need to figure out how I can express my love for them in a way that they can appreciate, in a way that they can receive it with the intention that I'm giving it. That's honoring them. Secondly, spend time meaningfully. Spend time meaningfully with with the people that you love. If you were to read a book or look on the web and, you know, talk about spending time with people. There's always this quality versus quantity kind of debate. You know, is it more important to spend quality time or do you need to spend a lot of time with somebody? And for the most part, this quality time side seems to win out. But I actually think there's a balance there. And I think that both are important. And that's why I talk about spending time meaningfully. and that can be anything from a conversation maybe it's you're sitting down at the dinner table and you're you're saying so tell me about your day what was going on at work what was going on here at home what was school like tell me about some of the interactions that you had with your friends you know was there something funny that happened in class you know that you that you want to that you want to tell the rest of us about you know spending time in conversation in that way is meaningful because you're entering into the other person's life and you're saying, You're important to me. How about working on a project together, whether it's restoring an old car, painting a room, putting together a meal for someone who's sick or just had a baby or is, is shut in, uh, raking the yard together, you know, just working on a project, just spending time together uh, in that way number of you uh, have kids who are on swim teams, you know, or soccer matches, w- whatever it may be. But think about the swim team. How many times have you spent four or six or eight hours sitting in a humid, smelly, because it reeks of chlorine, hot, noisy pool area, just to watch your kids swim for 30 seconds? And that's it you know now is that quality time you haven't even interacted with your kid and when you're yelling she can't hear you because her head's under the water so you have had zero interaction with her but i guarantee that when she looks back on the family in which she grew up she remember that my mom and my dad were sitting there all day just to watch me swim for 30 seconds or 2 minutes or however long her race was. That's meaningful time. And that's a way that we can honor our kids. That's a way to honor them, to show them that we love them because we're spending time in a way that's meaningful to them. Third, give thoughtfully. This one's pretty obvious. Give thoughtfully. When you give gifts, think about the person that you're giving it to. Don't just do what's convenient for you. Cash is convenient. Maybe slightly less convenient is, you know, are the gift cards. And for some people, that's thoughtful and that's meaningful. And some people, I mean, that's all they want is cash, cold, hard cash, or you know, give me the Starbucks or the iTunes or you know, whatever it is, gift card. Great. And in that case, give it to them. But sometimes something that's a lot less expensive but has a lot more thought in it, is a lot more meaningful to the person. So you want to give thoughtfully, and you can't give thoughtfully unless you go back to the first recommendation, the first suggestion, get to know them. If Starbucks is meaningful to them, get them Starbucks. If a necklace, you know, jewelry is meaningful, if clothing is meaningful, if a trip is meaningful, you know, whatever it is, excuse me, whatever is meaningful to them, give it and give it thoughtfully. Number four, serve joyfully. Serve joyfully. There are thousands of ways that we can serve one another. It can be anything from loading the dishwasher to changing the loaded diaper to helping with the school project to dealing with the critter that's caught in the mousetrap. You know, we were talking about that at the office uh, this week. Is it the you know, is it the husband or the wife that gets to take care of the mouse trap, you know, and, and serve each other by doing that stuff for one another, by helping each other out. But 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 do it with joy. Do it with your heart. Because you know what? We can all tell when we're you know, when the other person is serving us grudgingly. All right, you know, I'll take care of the mouse this time, you know? Hey. Okay, that's helpful, but doesn't it mean a whole lot more when you do it with joy? If I come home and I got a, a, a dozen roses in my hand and I hand them to Ann and I say, here you go. And she says, oh, what's this for? And you say, you know, I say, hey, it's my duty as your husband to give you roses from time to time. I can guarantee you what I'm eating for dinner. You know, it's, it's the thorns on those roses, <laughs> you know. But if I give her the roses joyfully, it means so much more to her and it means so much more to me. And and the roses aren't what, what matters. It's the joy. And the same thing is true when serving. Yeah, changing the diaper, taking out the trash, helping with the project, that is meaningful. But the heart that's behind it is so much more meaningful. Paul writes, Through love, serve one another. Through love, serve one another. Express your love in your service. That's a great way to honor the people that you love. Number five, defer graciously. Defer graciously. When Ann and I got married, uh, we knew, because we had a lot of practice, uh, we knew that we were going to disagree with one another. And uh, so we were talking about it And we made a commitment to each other and we said to one another, you know what? When we disagree over something, the person for whom it's less important is gonna defer to the person for whom it's more important. So if I wanna do this and she wants to do that, you know what, if it's more important to her, then I'm gonna defer to her. I'm going to honor her in that way by doing that, but I need to do it graciously. Because, you know, if you have that, it's an all right, I'll do what you wanna do. What does that do? It sucks all of the, the joy out of it for her, or for me, or for the kids, you know? So when, so defer, absolutely defer, but do it graciously. And we don't always do it perfectly, but man, it's made a real difference in our marriage. We read this verse before in, in, a different, in a different translation, but I want to read, this, read it to you again from Romans chapter 12. Paul says, outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another. It's almost like it's a competition, you know, but you're not trying to win. You're trying to bless. You're trying to honor. You're trying to show love. Outdo one another in showing honor. Don't, don't defer grudgingly. Defer graciously. Because that's the way to honor uh, the people that you love. Number six, listen actively. Listen actively. Pay attention, you know, when the other person is speaking. Uh, Be present, be with them. Don't be there and, you know, there in body and somewhere else and in mind and spirit. Let them know that you're listening to them by looking at them and by responding to what they say. If you have ever, had a conversation with with Anne, with my wife. You know that that's the way that she can listen. You know, it's it's like you're the only person in the world because she's looking right at you with the with those penetrating eyes, and she's there, she's present, she's not somewhere somewhere else. And that's been really good for me to learn uh, to imitate her in that sense. the The Apostle James says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry, quick to listen, and slow to speak. If we got that, boy, there'd be a lot more honor in our families, but we all wanna say what we wanna say, and we all wanna have uh, heard what's on our hearts and on our minds, but you honor the other person by being quick to listen, and by listening actively, by asking questions, by reflecting back, by interacting with what they're saying, by letting them finish what it is that they're saying and and on and on. Listen actively, because that's an incredible way to honor your loved ones. Speak kindly. Speak kindly. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can break my heart, and they can crush, they can crush my spirit. And if you've ever had somebody destroy you with their words. You know what? You are lousy at that. You know, you should don't ever think of doing that. You can't sing, you can't paint. You're a horrible student, you you know, etc. A- and if you look back on your life and you realize the hurt, the destruction that those words caused, but flip it around. What about the mom or the dad or the teacher whoever who said to you, you know what, I believe in you, I love you, I think you can do that. I, I, I read a story about a, a teacher, there was a little boy who had gone through first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, by the time he got to fifth or sixth grade, he had a reputation that this kid was a problem. And the, his sixth grade teacher came up to him and said, you know, Johnny, I've heard about you your problem. You've got a reputation. And I don't believe a word of it. Because I think you're special. And I think that God has made you in a beautiful way. And I want to see you become the young man that you can be. And it turned his life around. Speak kindly. Paul says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. You know, if we could memorize that verse and and internalize that verse, it would make a huge difference in our families. Use kind words to honor those you love. Number eight, praise publicly. Praise publicly and criticize privately. One of the best pieces of advice I received, uh, I I wish I could remember who gave it to me when when Ann and I were uh, engaged and getting ready to be married. One of the best pieces of advice I ever received was don't criticize your wife in public. Don't put her down in public. Don't make her the brunt of jokes. Treat her with honor, treat her with respect, treat her with love, treat her with kindness in that way. And nothing, nothing can destroy a person more quickly than putting them down publicly, than criticizing them publicly. But on the flip side, nothing can build them up and encourage them more quickly than praising them in public. Than saying, you know, my daughter is so cool. Do you know what she did? You know, she she said, Dad, can we watch football together tonight? You know, that's so cool. You know that she would do that, or. You know what my husband did? He showed me, you know, he came home and surprised me with a vacation or or whatever, you know, just praising them in public, putting them up instead of putting them down. And there's a time and there's a place for criticism, for correction, for dealing with the garbage, but it's inside. It's inside these old walls, It's not outside, it's inside. And when you do it, when it's time to correct or criticize or or whatever, do it with kindness, do it with love, so that the person who you're talking to knows that first and foremost... You're committed to them. You love them. You've got their best interest at heart. You're not trying to tear them down. You're not trying to destroy them. You're not trying to embarrass them. You're not trying to hurt them. You're trying to bless them. You're trying to help them to become more and more the person that that they want to be and that God wants them to be. So when there's a time to criticize, do it privately and do it in love. Do it in honor. But ultimately, focus on praising in public because that's that's an incredible way to honor somebody. Number nine, keep promises faithfully. Keep promises faithfully. If you want to honor your loved ones, keep your promises to them even when it's not easy and even when it costs you something. Because think about it this way. When you break a promise to somebody, when I break a promise to someone, what I'm saying is, there is something else or someone else who is more important to me than you are. I'm choosing them or that thing above you. On the other hand, you flip it around. When I keep a promise that costs me something or that's not easy to keep, I'm saying to my loved ones, you're more important to me than whatever it is that I could have chosen otherwise. And that's honoring to that person. King David, who was uh, one of the greatest kings of the Old Testament, he, speaks, he wrote a lot of the, the psalms, and, and in the psalm we're going to look at in just a second, he's speaking out the, about the person who has a heart for God, the person who knows God, and the person who lives as a follower of God. He says, that person makes firm commitments and does not renege on his promises person makes firm commitments and does not renege on his promises. Doesn't go back on what he said that he's going to do. He keeps his word. We honor the people that we love by keeping our promises to them. And then finally, sacrifice willingly. Sacrifice willingly. Whether it's your time, whether it's your money, whether it's your agenda, whatever you do, do it willingly. Because when you do that, you're honoring the person uh, who you're sacrificing for. So, you know, you have plans. You know what you want to do this afternoon. And one of your kids comes and says, hey, dad, would you do this with me? You got to make a choice. And sometimes, you you know, you're not going to be able to do whatever it is that they ask you to do. But sometimes you're going to choose to sacrifice and you're going to say, okay, I'm going to give up the nap. I'm going to give up the golf that I was going to watch, I'm going to give up the reading that I was planning to do, and I'm going to sacrifice that. Why? Because you're important to me, and if you do it willingly, it says so much more than if you're like, "All right, would you stop bothering me? Yeah, I'm going to do that with you." You know. So again, whether it's your time, your money, your energy, your agenda, do it willingly because that makes so much more of a difference, and that's a way that we can honor people, and that's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did when he died on the cross. He sacrificed himself willingly for us because we were important to him, because he loved us. Paul writes in Philippians chapter two, he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he who was God made himself nothing. He took the very nature of a servant. He was made in human likeness. He was found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself. The creator of the universe humbled himself. He became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus said all of y'all are important to me. You're important to me. You're important enough to me that I'm willing to become a human being and put up with all the garbage that goes with that, whether it's getting sick, whether it's getting tired, whether it's feeling hungry, whether it's dealing with all the junk that you know, we dish out to one another. I'm willing to do that. Why? Because I love you. But then take it a step further. He said, I'm willing to die for you. I'm willing to sacrifice my life for your life because you're important to me. And the God of the universe, the creator of the universe, honored us in that way. And if you stop and think about it, who's more important, God or us? Well, obviously God's more important. We should be honoring him. But he came down to earth in order to honor us and love us and show us how important we are to him. And what Paul is is saying in this passage, it really sums up what we've been talking about this morning. He says, have the same attitude, have the same mindset in yourself that was in Christ Jesus, who considered us to be more important than himself, Consider your loved ones, whether it's your parents, your kids, your spouse, your brothers and sisters. Consider your family members to be more important than you are and show it by the way that you live, by the way that you treat them, by the way that you spend your time, by the gifts that you give them, by you know, the way in which you serve them, the attitude with which you do all these things. Follow Jesus' example of self-sacrifice. Honor one another by putting each other's interests ahead of your own. And that kind of love, that kind of honor is just unbelievably powerful. It can can strengthen a family, it can help a family be a place of, of refuge, a place of hope, a place of shelter, a place of encouragement a place of peace, and it can make our families the kind of families that we all want to belong to, that we all want to be part of. If we honor one another in the way that Jesus honored us, then our families are going to be the kind of families that we want to be part of. That's the power of honor. That's the kind of difference that honor can make in the life of a family. Let's pray. Father, it is just pretty incredible to think about the sacrifice that you made for us, the way in which you honored us by sending your son, Jesus, to live and to suffer and to die for us, and I thank you for that love, and I thank you for that honor, and I thank you for that sacrifice, and I thank you that you did that willingly. And I pray for all of us that as we think about that, as we consider that, as we understand that more and more and more, I pray that you would give us that same kind of love and that same kind of desire and joy and willingness to honor one another. Father, whether it's how we spend our time or the way in which we serve, the gifts that we give, uh, the words that we speak, whatever we do, Father, I pray that you would give us hearts that desire to be a blessing to each other, that desire to show one another that we're important to each other and to honor one another in that way. And Father, I pray that you would use that, that you would transform our families and make them more and more and more the kind of family that we all want to be part of. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.